Well, it was a disappointing weekend for Roughneck fans, but come on into the podcast. We're going to talk about what went wrong in Colorado Springs. We'll review that match from this weekend. And also, we don't have time to cry about this, folks, because we have two matches, two matches this week. It gets going again. No time to think about it. We got to move on. Talk about these next matches with Vancouver coming to town and Orange County. I have Mark Daly, podcaster for Vancouver Whitecaps and Vancouver Whitecaps, too. He'll be on to give his take on this year's team as they lost this past week to the Swope Park Rangers. Speaking of more soccer in Tulsa, the Tulsa Athletic will be playing two matches this week. Got great news. I have Matt Bolt, GM of Tulsa Athletic. He's going to come on and talk about the 2017 Tulsa Athletic as they open their season on Wednesday against Oklahoma City Energy U23. We have lots of USL to talk about. Oh, it's going to be a big, massive show today. And since you've all been good boys and girls, we're going to have two shows this week. That's right. I'll have some details on that. But first, you know what time. It's just because it's sunny outside doesn't mean you can't just ignore the tornado alley. You got to get inside the blankets. You got to get the blankets, the pillows, the closets. You got to clean all that stuff out because right now it's another time for the tornado alley sock podcast. All right. Thank you so, so very much for joining me today on the podcast. This is your host, Roger Graham, and oh boy, we've got so much soccer coming up. You will you will be in soccer nirvana if you are a fan of Tulsa Athletic, Tulsa Roughnecks. Maybe you're listening and you have a team favorite that's not here in Tulsa, and you're following somebody in NASL, USL, PDL, or in the NPSL. Soccer season will be in full swing this week. I'm excited, and, and I hope you are too, and, and if you can get a chance to go watch some of these matches this week. We have the Open Cup starting play on Wednesday, which will feature Tulsa Athletic, and like I mentioned in the intro, we'll have Matt Bolt coming on to talk about his team this year. Uh, as Actually, they're this weekend, they were playing down in uh, Shreveport, and at the time of this podcast recording, they played the Rafters down in Shreveport, and I believe won 3-0. Uh, taking care of business there, and we'll have another match today, I think, playing Tyler FC. So uh, getting a little warm-up there, getting the team, letting them cut their teeth a little bit this weekend, get some playing time before uh, the big match on Wednesday at TU at 7.30. But we'll have him on, talk about the team. Uh, but also uh, on the other side, uh, Tulsa Roughnecks, a little bit of a disappointing, well, not a little bit, a lot bit of a disappointing uh, effort there in Colorado Springs. And we'll go ahead and talk about that. What went wrong? Folks, come on in. This is group therapy. Let's just sit down. Let's talk about it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if you're not a fan of the Roughnecks, this is a, where you get to point and laugh a little bit. I don't know. Whatever the case is, I'm glad you're here. And we'll talk about that match as it was a... You know, I said it on the podcast last week. This is going to be a different match. You can't just sit there and look, oh, we beat these guys 4-1 at home. And, uh, you know, and I was able to talk with the, the guys at Backchat. If y'all had a chance to uh, go on to that podcast and listen to that interview, uh, ask me some pretty tough questions. <laughs> uh, but, well, we had a great time. But, you know, one of the things I, you know, I, 
actually made a prediction of that would get a draw in that match. And, you know, I was a little, you know, I didn't know because it, sometimes you play up, up at Colorado Springs. That's a tough place to play. A lot of teams have a hard time getting victories there. And we know why. Uh, and as this team, as this team, as Colorado Springs continue playing, getting together, um, getting things organized on their end, they're going to get they're going to be a tougher. They're going to get tougher as the season goes on. And I knew this match was going to be a different, different ball game altogether. Playing up there in elevation, uh, you know, not a lot of teams have success there. Not a lot of teams. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll kind of review the tape here and, and go back and see what happened, what went wrong. Uh, the first thing that uh, was a little um, ominous to begin this match was the fact that Jorge Corrales was will be missed would miss this match due to a. Uh, a red card that showed up um, after the review, the disciplinary uh, board reviewed uh, a tackle he made at Rio Grande. So he was out of pocket for this match, was not be able to participate. And that's where we had our struggles. Um, I don't know if you can blame it on one person not being there, but our back line, our defense had the struggles. And we'll kind of go through what happened uh, right off the bat. One of the things... Uh, I mentioned that we have to withstand this attack at the beginning of the match. We cannot give up some early because you do not want to give up a goal early on the road. It just seems that that's a hard thing to overcome. And unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. Uh, Mass Cashier, who had a phenomenal game, uh, he gets he gets the goal early, I think in the second minute of the match, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he gets the play. He gets the uh, goal there. Uh, well, what happened? It looked like uh, um, uh, Aaron King made a run on the right side and, and pulled a few defenders with him. And Mass Cashier just went right to the middle of the field and was setting right in front of goal. Aaron uh, King crosses it into him. He made a great first touch on the ball. I mean, it was almost like the ball was behind him, but he kind of kind of scorpion I don't know if you want to call it a scorpion kick but anyway he you know moved his leg back stopped the ball turned around and pulled it in uh, to near post and uh yeah that was it first goal of the game second minute of the match and Colorado Springs is up one nil just like that before you could even sit down and you know get your you know, even before you can sit down and get, you know, get your first beer, they've already have a point on the board. Um, so that started out the match, which it didn't get better from there. Uh, it seemed like Colorado Springs had the attack, uh, really tried to um, establish the pace there in the match as they were very high, high pressing, high attack, attack minded team coming in you know, after that point, and even, even with a one nil lead, they still were attacking. Um, and then another goal comes in here, uh, in the 27th minute, uh, Shane Malcolm had a, gr- a great, uh, header, uh, Josh Suggs crossed it in, uh, from the left side and Malcolm just ran right through the middle, headed it in, started, had no chance on it. And the switchbacks are up 2-0. 2-0. Another, I I thought the best chance of the night for for the uh, Roughnecks uh, occurred in the uh, 38th minute. 
there was a cross. I believe it was Ayala had a cross into, uh, I believe it was a, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was a Jaime Ayala. He had a cross from the right side of the pitch. It went to Svantesson who headed it to Christian Mata who put it on put it on point. Uh, but Palche, he, he had a great game, the goalkeeper for Colorado Springs. You know, deflects the ball out, would have gone in had Palte not made a great save on the pit on that on that header. Uh, so a little bad luck there, but a, a good attempt there from Christian Mata. And really, that was that was it for Roughnecks as far as uh, attacking opportunities. And then in the second half, yeah, there was a, a I don't know how to really describe this, but. Um, uh, cashier again cashier he he was setting he was over deflection so uh, there was a shot from one of the Colorado Springs players and I'm not sure what uh, Fabian Serta was 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 I don't know if he ball was deflected or what but he had made a diving kind of a save but he kicked it with his right foot and it didn't get all the ball and Cashier was just sitting there and poached it in from a few yards out and uh, tucked it away left corner. And that was Colorado Springs' third goal of the match. And that occurred in the uh, 69th minute. So Massive Cashier, he and his uh, mustache there uh, with the brace. And, yeah, that would be the final result, 3-0 to the switchbacks. Um, you know, I think uh, – Disappointing, uh, certainly a disappointing match. I thought the back line had some lapses. Uh, I don't think they would even admit that. And I don't, you know, I think uh, Fabian um, Serta probably would have liked to have had a couple of those saves back. Um, probably could have done a little better on, I don't know if you could have done much about the uh, uh, Shane Malcolm goal. It was just a tough goal. I mean, that was just a great goal. But, you know, maybe you know, cheated a little on the uh, on near post on the cross from Aaron King to um, Cashier. I'm not I'm not sure if you could have done much there either, but you know it's it just uh, you know just disappointing. And, and really, our defense had been played so well up to this point, uh, only allowing you know really two goals if you want to count on the field in four matches, and then we allowed three in one match. So anyway. Um, Tough to play on the road in the USL, uh, as we found out this weekend. 3-0 win for the switchback. So what does this mean? Well, let's just go ahead, and we had a few other scores, and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of jump into those, touch on those just briefly. Um, one of the teams we're playing on Thursday, we have the um, Vancouver Whitecaps 2, who were making a Midwest trip here as they had to play in at Swope Park on Saturday. I'm sorry, that was on Friday, actually. And they come away with a loss, a 3-1 loss at Swope Park. And then Seattle Sounders 2 and Portland Timbers 2 uh, played on Friday as well, and the Sounders 2 with a 2-0 victory over the Timbers 2. And then just kind of thumbing through, San Antonio gets the big victory over Sacramento, 1-0. And, oh, boy, I think we've got some – I don't know if really good news or bad news, but I think we're catching Orange County at the wrong time right now as they beat up on Los Dos. 4-0. 4-0. Wow. Wow, 
wow, just, I don't know if we're catching him at the right time, folks. Just, yeah, that's a big win for Orange County there for sure. And then uh, late, late on Saturday, Phoenix Rising, who I was kind of waiting to see if Drogba was going to make an appearance, but he didn't. But I don't know because it would have mattered because Reno beat them 4-0 at, at Phoenix. 4-0 at Phoenix. Um, so I know those fans have to be pretty disappointed with that, with that loss for sure at home thought that, uh, there's a chance that Drogba was going to make his, uh, USL debut, uh, but I only, I don't even see him listed as a substitute. So I guess he, that wasn't the plan, but anyway, a disappointing loss there for Phoenix rising. So let's look at the standings. Let's take a look in the Western conference. Oh, let's see here. Uh, San Antonio on top. So for those folks that I said, hey, is San Antonio the favorite in the West? Well, they didn't do anything to hurt their cause by beating San Antonio or beating Sacramento. And Sacramento has not scored a goal in four matches now, folks. Some people are hinting that it might have been the Samuel Ochoa, uh, the roustabouts curse or whatever. But anyway, um, have not scored since they've played in Tulsa, believe it or not. Uh, Monarchs, uh, right. Okay. So San Antonio, 22 points through eight matches. Looks like they're making a case for running away with this thing, but I don't know if they're going to run away. They've got to, they're going to run into some strong headwinds as they play some more, uh, less favorable opponents. But anyway, for now, 22 points through eight matches. Monarchs with 15 through six, uh, switchbacks 12 through eight. There's a lot of teams that haven't played a lot of games. Like I said, Tulsa's only played five, so... You know, there's a lot of teams that have played quite a few more matches in Tulsa and some other teams that haven't played very much um, for whatever reason. So Swope Park, six six games played, 12 points. So tied with Colorado Springs, but they have two matches in hand. Sounders, two, eight, uh, 12 points through eight. Orange County, 10 through five. I'm telling you, Orange County is just quietly just putting together results, winning matches, 4-0. I mean... I think they're my team. They're my little sleeper pick because no one's talking about them. They're sitting down there in the West Coast just quietly putting together wins. And, yeah, I think they're a quality side, no question. And actually we'll have uh, – we we will actually have uh, some folks on from uh, Angels on Parade talk about Orange County. And and I'll talk about the second podcast coming up this week and – We'll have some more details there. So anyway, uh, we'll we'll preview them as well. And uh, Sacramento Republic, uh, eight matches played, ten points in seventh. And Rio Grande Valley, six matches played, uh, and nine points. So Tulsa Roughnecks in eleventh with uh, six points, uh, with five matches played. You really want to see a few points higher than one point per match if you wanting to if you want to be above the line and in the playoffs. I think you have to. Average about one and a half points per match. Just so, I mean, just by eyeballing this, um, the Western Conference standings. So anyway, um, like I said, two matches this week for the Roughnecks, so they'll have a chance maybe to rack up some points here at home. And I think you need to, for sure, on Thursday, you need to get those three points. Uh, This is a team, Vancouver, They've won a couple of matches against their Cascadia opponents. My opinion, you got you got to nab three points here at home. 
No, there's no time for it's not a desperation type situation. But if you look back at the body of the season and go, where could we, you know, you know, get more points and the matches we look back on, I think this is one that you have to certainly think about and, and put in perspective. Like, hey, this is a team that uh, that's a favorable opponent. You're playing them at home. They're on a middle. They're in the middle of a road trip, two match road trip to the Midwest or away from home. You need to get three points here on Thursday, but anyway, we'll we'll that's kind of my Tulsa perspective. You get to three points, uh, but we have uh, a, a gentleman here, uh, Mark Daly. He is with the from the back from the backline podcast, uh, one of the popular, very popular podcasts up there in the Pacific Northwest covering the Vancouver Whitecaps. So um, I'll have that interview right now. All right, folks, I have a great guest on today uh, from the podcast, uh, from the back line. I have Mark Daly. He covers uh, Vancouver Whitecaps as well as the Vancouver Whitecaps, too. And Mark, uh, how's it going over there in uh, uh, British Columbia? Oh, it's, it's going great, Roger. It's actually nice and warm and sunny up here. It's been very cold and rainy, and we've had more snow than I think I've seen in my entire life this <laughs> past winter. So to feel some actual warmth in the sun the last couple of days has been absolutely – it's long overdue, and it's awesome. Let's just put it that way. Oh, man. Well, you know, like you, you, you guys are transitioning into spring, and I think we've transitioned into summer. It was almost 90 degrees here in Tulsa today. We've, we're drying out ourselves from a bunch of rain over the past couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, well, it's, it sounds great and great weather and cool weather sounds great to me. But, um, but anyway, uh, speaking of uh, Tulsa, the Vancouver Whitecaps will be in town on Thursday at One Oak Field at 7 p.m. Central. That is a 5 p.m. Pacific kickoff. And uh, before we talk about the uh, Whitecaps, too, I know you cover the Vancouver Whitecaps, the parent club. You know, tell me a little bit about uh, folks here. You know, I know you're right around the playoff line, fifth place, uh, got a big win in Colorado. Uh, maybe some folks maybe not very familiar with the Whitecaps around around here in the Midwest. Uh, how are they faring so far this season? And, uh, you know, I had a great uh, postseason with uh, making a little run in the uh, Champions League. So just talk to tell about tell folks here about the uh, Whitecaps uh, and how they're doing so far this year. Well, it's been a little bit mixed through the first two months of the, the Major League Soccer season. Uh, like you said, they made a long run in the CONCACAF Champions League. They made it to the semifinals and were knocked out by Tigres from uh, Monterey, which is one of the, the best teams ever assembled in the Liga MX history. Mm-hmm. So that's really where their focus was at, at that point. And it was always going to be tough for the, the Whitecaps to make it past Tigres. And my heart sank when they, they got them, <laughs> when they made the draw. Mm-hmm. But at least with that out of the way now, they've been able to concentrate a little bit more now on their MLS campaign. One of the uh, one of the other challenges that they've been dealing with in the first part of the season is that they've had some injuries to some uh, quite a, quite a few players, not just uh, some of your regular starters and some depth players, but just all over the map. And they've had a couple of suspensions to deal with. So the, the squad's starting to finally get healthy, and it, it's a good time too because they've been on the road for this month long road trip, which is kind of a, a weird <laughs> uh, at so early in the season. And it's been a little bit mixed 
so far they've actually they've done pretty good the last two weeks they went out to montreal last week which is a, a big canadian rival and there's a lot of a lot of history between the the two clubs and they came from behind to win and they won again last night in colorado which is a, a place that's not been very good for them and that's sort of turned it around because they they started their road trip out down in portland at providence park a couple of weeks ago and they lost uh, by a score of two to one and it kind of got a lot of, you know, a lot of people kind of worried that maybe this month-long road trip was maybe not going to go the way that everybody was hoping. Some people were saying, well, you know, if they can get maybe four points out of this road trip, that would be great. I was always kind of hoping for six because mm-hmm. in MLS, you kind of expect to get the majority of your points at home. And mm-hmm. the teams that do well in MLS are the ones that are able to get points on the road. So... All credit to them. They they met my rather lofty expectations, but they got a real tough challenge when they go down to Houston next week to close that one out. But at least for Vancouver, it's it's not August. I think that's the, the last mm-hmm. time they played down there was in the, either the end of July, beginning of August, sometime like that. So not quite as hot as uh, as usual. But for the uh, the South American guys, maybe that's. Uh, a bit of a maybe something they were looking forward to but Houston's been flying lately and uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be kind of a tough place to ch- uh, close out the trip but at any rate uh, they'll they'll have some games at home after that and the season's starting to turn around they they only won one out of their first five matches but they've won three out of the last four so slowly but surely they're getting their their season rolling here yeah and and speaking of Houston they had the transition with their coach uh, with a uh, um, Wilmer Cabrera from Rio Grande, who did so well last year, making that move up to uh, the parent club there in Dynamo. And then you had kind of one of those other uh, moves that affected more of the Whitecaps too was uh, Alan Koch, or I say Cook. Is it Koch or Kush? I always always get the <laughs> always get that confused. But he made the move uh, to FC Cincinnati as the assistant, and, and now he's a head coach there. And, and, and I know the Whitecaps too are going through a little bit of a transition uh, with uh, their new coach and their team, and but so far, you know, right around the, uh, I guess the red line, so to speak, the in ninth place as of right this second. Uh, so talk talk to me a little bit about the Whitecaps too, and and kind of the season they're having so far this year. Yeah, well, you, you nailed it. it. It definitely is a team in transition. What with uh, Alan going out to take the the job in the in Cincinnati. And last year was a very good year for the for WFC2. Uh, 2015 was their first year in USL, and that was always a bit of a, a tough year for them. The, the, the team kind of got put together rather late in the winter before the, uh, the the season actually started. But last year they had a really long preseason, and they did very well despite a bit of a dip in the in the summer. They got on a, on a roll and they they made it into the playoffs and they went all the way to the uh, the Western Conference final, but then got hammered uh, by a score of three to nil by Swope Park Rangers, which is the team that they faced in a rematch on mm. Friday night and they lost by a score of three to one. So, not only do they have a new coach and Rich Fagan, who's been in the system with the Whitecaps, uh, he's been there for a while, but there's been quite a number of uh, players that uh, that have moved on and a bunch of younger guys that are in the team that have come up through the Whitecaps youth system. And then you've got uh, quite a number of players that have MLS contracts and, and uh, are loaned back to, to Whitecaps FC too. So it's really a team, I think that's trying to find their identity to a certain extent this year. They've Mm -hmm. had a couple of tougher games in the last couple of weeks. They had San Antonio here at UBC a couple of, was it two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. And then last week, Sacramento Republic was here and, 
these standalone uh, USL teams, you know, they, they tend to be older and the players are more experienced. So for a lot of guys that are, you know, 18, 19 years old and just getting their first taste of professional soccer, though, those, those, those are the games that can be really challenging. Sure. So they, they've also had a couple of good games. You know, they, they, uh, they, they beat Sounders S2 a couple of weeks ago, and then they also beat uh, the, the Portland Timbers as well. So, mm-hmm. Those are the ones that uh, that always give them a, a bit of a, a little extra boost. You know, mm-hmm. there's big rivalries, obviously, between the clubs that go back not just um, in MLS, but to the USL days and all the way back to the NSL and like the 80s and the 70s. So mm-hmm. those are always good uh, games to watch. But it, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. It's, it's not really a team that I, I suppose that it's as important to win as it is to develop players. But mm-hmm. definitely when... They were flying last year. There was, uh, you could really tell that uh, the, the players had a real bounce in their step. Yeah, and uh, one of those players, uh, I've noticed he moved on to the Monarchs. Uh, uh, ben Haber, somebody I think he came in and scored that last goal against Tulsa, if I'm not mistaken, last year in that four to three, uh, really a really good game, uh, and then you know kind of fell apart there for Tulsa at the end there, but. Um, yeah, so we have uh, some of the players I'm familiar with uh, from uh, Vancouver is uh, number one, uh, Kyle Gregg, who played for Oklahoma City Energy a couple seasons back. And uh, he's actually, I believe I saw him making a debut or maybe he made a couple of appearance with uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, and then uh, another player I'm familiar with is uh, Ben McKendry because he uh, is currently on my football manager team right now. <laughs> uh, and I was looking through this, the roster go, hey, I know I know that name. Uh, tell me a little bit about some of the other players that, and maybe Ben's another one of those that, you know, he's a, I think he may be playing for the MLS team, if I'm not mistaken, is loaned out this year. Uh, but some players that, that you're kind of keeping your eye on from the Vancouver uh, Whitecaps perspective that are playing for the two team this year. Yeah, well, there's quite a number of players that kind of move back and forth between the, the, the two. There's a number of guys like Kyle Gregg, that, like you mentioned, and Ben McKendry. They actually have MLS contracts, so they get loaned down to WFC2, even though they, uh, they, they play a lot of their minutes there. Kyle actually mm-hmm. is spending more time with the, uh, with the MLS team. I, he, hasn't, uh, he hasn't played at all for WFC2 this year. But uh, you'll see guys like McKendry and Spencer Ritchie, who's a goalkeeper. He actually got his first uh, Major League Soccer start against Toronto FC about a month ago when uh, David Osted was uh, was sitting out for suspension after he was sent off in a game at uh, San Jose uh, about a month and a half ago. And then, and then there's other guys like Marco Bustos, and also there's mm-hmm. Jake Nerwinski, who was just drafted this past winter in the uh, MLS Super Draft. So you see a lot of guys like that moving back and forth, typically – You'll see guys, uh, they'll, they'll get minutes when uh, Carl Robinson, the, the Whitecaps manager, is trying to uh, rotate through his squad when they, they, they hit a busy patch in the schedule. And then also you'll see, like in some other uh, situations, uh, typically in the early rounds of the uh, Voyagers Cup, which is the Canadian equivalent of the, the U.S. Open Cup, mm-hmm. you don't really see too many of the, the USL, or sorry, the MLS regulars. You, you, you won't see guys like Matias Lava or Freddie Montero or David Osted playing in, in matches like that, unless it's, unless it's in one of the finals or maybe a semifinal if they're trailing, mm-hmm. uh, going into the second leg or something like that. So you'll see quite a lot of those guys down there. And then, um, like I say, uh, uh, Nerwinski is a super draft pick. And then Francis DeFries, he's a center back. He's uh, another uh, draft pick from this year. And then also guys that 
typically that's maybe joined the team mid-year. David Edgar, who's a center back, he joined the Whitecaps in the summer last year. So he got a couple of the uh, matches with the WFC too, just to get his fitness up. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you see the same thing with some of the uh, the MLS players that, uh, that have uh, been injured. They're just trying to, to play themselves back up to full match fitness. So you'll see them down there. But Definitely, I think the, the the big names that are the uh, the the U.S. or sorry, the MLS guys will be your uh, guys like Spencer Ritchie mm-hmm. and then also Marco Bustos and then um, uh, but there's there, there's quite a few of them. You know, <laughs> sometimes it's kind of hard to to keep a track of uh, who's moving back and forth between oh, sure. the two teams. Yeah, yeah, it is, and especially some that's happening, and you may not get to see them on the first team, but they're somewhere they're sitting on the bench somewhere, you know, and it is it's always kind of tough to keep up. I'm sure with uh, so many guys with the you have to keep up with the regular Vancouver Whitecaps and then oh wait is this guy play for the two team who is he at now you know so yeah it's uh, I'm sure it's a little bit of hurting cats there for sure uh what do you expect you know this match here in Tulsa obviously uh, you know different team this year than last year uh from the Vancouver Whitecaps perspective Whitecaps 2 perspective is this a game that you feel like hey, we need to get a point here. Otherwise, the season trajectory may start heading, you know, away from the playoffs. And Or, or do you feel like you, this is a game that you need to have a result in in Tulsa? Well, I don't know if it's gotten to the point in the season, considering where they are in the standings, mm-hmm. to say it's absolutely crucial that, that they come home with a point or three out of this game against Tulsa. But the thing is that over the last three weeks, they haven't had the, the best run of results. They, they lost at home to San Antonio, and then they had a nil-all draw against Sacramento, and then they got hammered the other night at, uh, at Swope Park. And I think almost for a bit of, um, I'd say, confidence, because there's a lot of younger guys in the team this year. It's, I think we saw more turnover in, with, with the squad this year compared to, to last year. Mm-hmm. So I think that, like I was saying earlier, they're still trying to sort of figure it out, maybe find their identity. So I think that it would go a long way for the confidence of this group, and especially the young guys that are in there, if they could get at least a point out of this game. And you don't want to – that's the thing. I mean, USL and MLS, they are fairly long seasons when you Mm -hmm. look at it. But the thing is that – you can start a little bit slow, but you don't want to dig yourself into too deep of a hole too right. early in the season because then you just leave yourself so much work to do in the second half of the season. So uh, I would like to see them get a point at Tulsa, but if they don't, not the end of the world, but I'll, I'll probably be ratcheting up my concern a little bit more if they <laughs> if they don't get anything. Yeah, and then get to come back home and play too pretty good teams uh, you know like you mentioned earlier uh the monarchs who uh, it's it's not the past two years monarchs this monarchs team is going to compete for the west as far as i see as far as i'm concerned uh, and then you've got colorado spring switchbacks which we found out on friday uh they're a little bit different now and they're playing back to their old ways so yeah it's one of those things it's you know if you don't get a result here and then oh my gosh you've got two pretty good teams coming at home and all of a sudden, you're like you said, you may have a hole to dig yourself out of when at you know when it's easier to kind of maintain and stay above that red line. And yeah, I totally get it. And and it does. And then unfortunately, this league keeps getting harder and harder. And and then you know there's a lot of teams getting better. So it's a uh, yeah. And that's kind of one of the things you know from a Tulsa's perspective. It's you know I looked. We have um, this match, and then on on Saturday we have OC coming to town. 
So, you know, we've ran into some rat bad results and you're just sitting there going, man, we really need six points in these next two matches because it doesn't get easy from there, you know? So yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it, it just kind of comes down to getting the results and, and people stepping up and making the plays and, and especially on the road, it's not, it's really not easy on the road, right? Definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. And it's the same in the, in MLS as well. It's uh you're sort of expected to get your, your points at home. Uh, that That's almost your bread and butter just with the travel that you have in uh, in in North America. I mean, one, one day you could be playing, going down to Seattle, which is not too far from Vancouver. It's only about a two-hour trip and, and by car or by bus. But, you know, if you get on a, on a long road trip, you know, <laughs> the travel adds up over time. And especially in, in USL, I mean, they're, they're, they're probably not flying first class anywhere. So, mm-hmm. Uh, heading out on the road is, is is tough for anybody. Yeah, most definitely. Well, Mark, uh, before I let you go here, tell folks uh, how did they can find you on on social media and and your website and where the podcast. Uh, uh, just yeah, anything that you'd like to plug. Cool. Well, uh, our our website. Uh, we do all the written work for the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, myself and my my colleague Jorge Mendoza. We're we're fully accredited accredited journalists, and we write for Daily Hive, and that's dailyhive.com. Just go to Vancouver, and then the the sports section. You'll find all our Whitecaps coverage there. You can find us on Twitter at From the Backline, and my own personal Twitter is at Mark J R Daily, and that is D A I L E Y. And just uh, look us up, uh, the, the, the podcast from the back line. It's, we're on Google Play. We're on iTunes. We're basically, we're everywhere. You can, you can find us. And uh, we talk mostly whitecaps, but uh, we, we, we try to connect with uh, people all around uh, the USA and uh, Canada, depending where the whitecaps are. So we've, uh, we, we always manage to connect with some pretty interesting um, guests and uh, talk to lots of coaches and players and things like that. So that's where you, that's where you can find us. Great. Well, can I get a prediction for the uh, Champions League? The European Champions League, I should say. Well, my, my, my buddy Jorge, he's a, he's a big Real Madrid fan, mm-hmm. and he, he managed to get me a signed shirt, so I, I'm going to predict that uh, they're going to win it all. <laughs> all right. No, I'm, I, I, there's nothing telling me that they won't. You know, maybe Juventus comes up and uh, shocks the world, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's going to be Madrid the whole way. And uh, I, if it's different, I think we'll all be shocked and we all should bet on those other teams because we'd probably win some money, right? <laughs> Definitely. Hey, all right. Mark Daly, everybody. And uh, thank you so much, Mark. And I'm sure we'll be in touch here in the future, man. I appreciate your time. Anytime, Roger. It was awesome. Really enjoyed talking to you tonight. All right. Thank you so much, Mark. Uh, great insight there from the Vancouver perspective. I think, yeah, I've, I don't believe I've ever, in, in working with Tall Sock Show or on this podcast, obviously never talked to anybody up that part of the world. So that was nice, great insight, very knowledgeable. And I always appreciate getting to talk shop with folks who cover this beautiful game. Anyway, we'll go ahead and make a little bit of a transition here to... Tulsa Athletic, as I mentioned earlier, they will be playing two matches this week, one against Orange, uh, wow, not Orange County, against Oklahoma City Energy U23 for the Open Cup on Wednesday at TU, and then going on the road in Springdale, Arkansas, to play Ozark FC. Big matches, and folks, last week I had uh, the head coach, Chris Benlove, 
for Orange County. I was wow, I keep saying Orange County. It's the O's, man. It's the O's for the Oklahoma City Energy U23. So if you want to check out that podcast, I have that interview. If you want to get the insight from the team that will be coming into Tulsa to play Tulsa Athletic, re-rack that. It is on the podcast, bgn.fm. You know where to find it. So if you can go back and want to go and give that a listen and get some uh, perspective there. But anyway, uh, I was able, had a chance to talk with Matt Bolt before they made their trip down to Shreveport and uh, caught him in the middle of doing laundry as if folks who listen to podcasts that are associated with the, the fourth division soccer, you, you've got to do a little bit of everything. It's got to paint the field. You got to, you got to do everything. And, and which is one of the reasons why I love low league soccer. It's, it's really, it's the, it's the mom and pop shop of the soccer leagues and I love it. So anyway, uh, Matt Bolt had a chance to uh, talk with him briefly about Tulsa athletic and their team and their chances for 2017. All right, folks, we are, we will have NPSL action this week. Tulsa Athletic will be kicking off on Wednesday, May 10th, against Oklahoma City Energy FC, and then turning around and making a road trip uh, to uh, play Ozark FC in Springdale, Arkansas. And on the phone, I have GM Matt Bolt of Tulsa Athletic. Matt, I think I caught you in the middle of uh, doing some laundry tonight, right? Yeah, Roger, you sure did. Um, but, uh, we just had our what fourth, third, fourth training session. Uh, we were able to go full LMV11, see what we, see what uh what presents we got. We got to open them up, and uh, now we gotta we gotta wash the kit so we can uh, <laughs> train tomorrow night. So someone's got to do it, and I'm the lucky man that got, that drew the straw. Oh man, I should maybe maybe Sunny uh, was Sunny didn't volunteer to do that tonight. <laughs> Uh, he'll do it sometimes, but, uh, yeah. he's uh, got to work at the restaurant tonight. So I get, I get the, the pleasure of making sure we have fresh smelling uniforms. There you go. Well, uh, well, Matt, I know, like you said, you're getting in the thick of it, had a few training sessions, some 11 on 11s. Uh, how's, how's the, how's this squad and, and tell folks maybe who've uh, maybe not been following, uh, what, what kind of guys you've got out there this year and, and what the squad is going to look like for the 2017 season. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, the, the squad's looking really good. Um, at, at this point, uh, where at, at this point where we were last year, I think the level of play has already increased dramatically. Um, you know, right now we're at the, uh, we're at the point where it's, you know, we've got the local TU boys, our, mm-hmm. our few ORU guys, um, the local guys in college, and the few guys, uh, you know, the Dave, Dave Long, Jake Schmoker, uh, Levi Coleman. So we're we're mainly just the local guys right now. Mm-hmm. But having said that, that the level is it's yeah, it's dramatically improved since since last year at this time, at our first week looking back. Um, and, and that's because we're, we're bringing in, um, we've got about, I don't know, 10, 15 trialists right now. And mm-hmm. they're from, you know, Oklahoma Wesleyan, some of, uh, some Bacone guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's looking really good. The coaches are very excited right now. 
Yeah, I know a lot of folks, a lot of teams out there may not have that advantage of, of getting some of the local guys. You have TU, like you said, Wesleyan, uh, ORU, and then you've got a couple of guys that are veterans that are who coach here locally that are that are going to be on the squad this year. And talk about that advantage of, of having that versus, you know, some kids coming in, you know, just showing up with their car, you know, packed up for the summer, uh, maybe a couple of days before the season, uh, before the Open Cup match, right? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, don't, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. We'll have, we'll have, uh, about six or seven guys show up next Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll, they'll be in on, they'll be in the squad on two days of training. Uh, but yeah, what, what we've kind of noticed over the past couple of years and really at any level, uh, but especially the NPSL is it's, it's very, very important to, uh, build that chemistry and that, mm-hmm. and that trust as early as possible. Um, I think uh, last year was a pretty good example when we, um, you know, we had we had the basically the same team throughout the whole year, but you know, we play we opened up with Liverpool in a one one a one one draw, and then we followed that the following Wednesday with a one zero victory over Little Rock, and both of them, you know, they were good games, but you know, we should have we should have done we should performed better, and then. Mm-hmm. You know, we we go from there and we beat Wichita four two on the road or three zero at home and and it's we we started off a little slower than you know we ended because you know guys are me- literally meeting each other for a couple of days and still learning names. Sure, and right. So that that advantage of having you know being able to go to Shreveport this weekend and play mm. some matches and and get some familiarity, I think that's going to be huge, especially for Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of, um, so you're playing Shreveport. Is it a couple of games you guys are playing down there? Yeah, we're going down there, and we're um, we're playing Shreveport on Saturday at seven, I believe. And mm-hmm. uh, they, you know, they're uh, a little bit uh, a little bit ahead in terms of the local guys, as they've been playing two or three um, kind of full on matches mm-hmm. against like. I believe they played Little Rock a few times, and they they're playing uh, Tyler. Um, so yeah, their their local guys are probably a little bit ahead in terms of chemistry, but I mean we'll see in terms of talent. But uh, either way, it's going to be a, a good first test, I would say. Sure. Uh, playing against a team that I would suspect, you know, individually won't be as good, but collectively will be farther along right. as a team than we will be. So that's just an opportunity for our, our boys' talent to come through and to uh, you know, really sink or swim. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll play them uh, Saturday, and then we'll play, I believe, Tyler on Sunday in the afternoon before heading back and uh, getting ready for the for the real fun to start. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that first match uh, on Wednesday at TU against Oklahoma City Energy U23 squad, what do you yeah. know? What are you kind of expecting from that team? I know you've not played them. I know they're we share the same state and everything, but yeah. Uh, what do you know about them? And are you? I know they're you know talked with uh, their coach last week, and, and they're kind of like getting a bunch of players in. And, and but just from tactically, uh, do you kind of are you expecting anything from that point of view, or do you know of a few players that they're bringing on that you have some familiarity with? Oh, I mean, we've uh, we're a little familiar with their squad. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're going to be good. Um, I believe they got to the national quarterfinals or semifinals mm-hmm. or something last year in the PDL. 
Um, so, you know, it's, they're, they're going to be good. They obviously have some, you know, technical staff that, you know, works, works with a, a high level. And so, you know, we, we don't know too much. Uh, they haven't really released a roster or anything, but we, mm-hmm. I mean, we personally know some players that are going to them. Um, for better or worse, you know, we've chased after a few of the same same players. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're you know it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be a game where neither team really feel you know knows the other team because, mm-hmm. I mean, as soon I mean because we'll know more once they release you know the rosters are out. But you know our team is you know start to bottom like we've got a our starting lineup is really outside of like Dave and, you know, Jake Schmoker, you know, it's, it's a completely different, it's a completely different crew. And we think that's for the better. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it'll be interesting to see, to just like throw two teams there on like, okay, you guys, you guys can train once and then now you got to play for real. So go like just who can survive the fire, the, the, the longest and who can strike first. So you know, it might just be one like one of the craziest games that we'll ever play, where it's just going to be maybe come down to who's got the better individual talent as sure. opposed to who's got a better system. Yeah, because what and I think it's something that as a fan I would like to see, and I don't know, maybe it's not plausible, but wouldn't you like to see the Open Cup in June versus second week of May? Yeah, uh, I mean, even like. A week later getting it started sure. would would make sense because for whatever reason they do the the first round this year is the 10th the second round is the 17th and the third round is the 31st mm-hmm. well i mean might as well do you know the first three rounds back to back to back since it's all second and third rounds all usl and nasl anyways it's sure. not really like a you know a division three and then a division two league enters so it's you know that would make more sense to me, but the more I'm in the soccer world, the more I find that what what makes the most sense up front <laughs> isn't always what happens, you know. Oh no, you can't you can't play the oh that makes sense game because yeah, I, 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 I try and it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I can't. I'm, maybe I'm too logical. I don't know, but yeah. yeah what do you... and, I, and I think it would make a you know it make it make more sense, especially for you know our level mm-hmm. like. I really feel like, uh, especially through our circles of like other NPSL owners and, and PDL coaches and the people that we know, it's like the, the biggest U S open cup fans are those who are, you know, members or, or supporters or, mm-hmm. you know, staff members of teams at the NPSL PDL or, you know, U S uh, the amateur level. Sure. You know, that, that's who cares about it the most. And, you know, why, why not do push it down, let teams get settled in and let teams put a good product out there mm-hmm. and really start, you know, making the tournament worth a little more while. Yeah. Um, Cause I'd, I'd like to, I'd definitely like to get our boys in for another week or two, but um, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, it'll probably be some crazy first round matches where, you know, the, the better club per se might not win because they've, you know, they've had their, their team for two days and then, sure. you know, they go on to make a run at the NPSL or PDL or win the championship and they <laughs> bow out in the first round because, you know, just crazy soccer stuff happens, you know? Oh yeah. So, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see the value of the tournament 
you know, go up in terms of pushing the date back a little bit, getting a little more hype behind it. Sure. Um, maybe expanding the amateur side and really seeing, you know, what what this tournament could mean. Maybe use that uh, five hundred million or one hundred million dollar surplus and uh, maybe spread that around a little bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, invest in lower league soccer. You know? Oh, oh, that'd be oh, that'd be such a good shot in the arm, wouldn't it? But anyway, again, <laughs> what what makes sense doesn't always you know matriculates yeah, to real life, yeah, that's, right? That's the story. That's a, that's the way it goes here. Yeah. Well. uh, you know, the, you start out uh, outside the Open Cup, uh, even including the Open Cup, first two rounds, you know, in Tulsa, possibly in Tulsa. And then you have uh, two matches coming up uh, with a brand new team in Ozark FC on yep. uh, on the NPSL side. Uh, and, yeah, obviously NPSL exploding growth. You see new teams showing up. Um, do you feel like uh, – from an NPSL's perspective, uh, do you feel like the level of competition is going to start increasing through this expansion, or do you feel like are you a little concerned? Oh, we're having this expansion, but there's only so many players to go around. Do you, do you feel like it, that could get diluted a little bit, or uh, or does well, it kind of even itself out just with the interest in soccer growing? I, um, I, I, you know, I, I kind of personally think that this uh expansion our rate of expansion is i think it's a, a fantastic thing because mm-hmm. what what you come down to having is if you look at like okay let's look at the teams and the pdl and the npsl in our immediate area and you have like you know have wichita tulsa joplin you know okc uh and you know dallas and fort worth well you know there's as per NCAA, and that's just NCAA Division One, Two, II, and Three. You know, you can only have five players from a school mm-hmm. play on one team. So, you know, there's not. I'd say there's more. You know, supply of of collegiate players than mm-hmm. there is demand of teams for them to play for. And so, you know, I think. I mean, obviously, there's only X number of talent. You know, top talent players, but. Sure. There's still plenty, plenty of talent uh, in the collegiate level. Not even to mention the guys that just just exited college, or you know the locals that can still that can still play at a high level. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think that that this quick expansion is is actually very very good for for the you know the younger game, the college game, and getting these kids um, some quality minutes over the summer, especially with this ridiculously short NCAA season that mm-hmm. starts, you know, at the end of August and ends at the beginning of November. And you've got, you know, it, yeah. And I, I can't even get, begin to get into the whole, <laughs> my whole <laughs> issues with that season. Sure. But I mean, it, with all, with the amount of players out there available in our area, especially in Tulsa, you got mm-hmm. Roger state, NSU, uh, TU, ORU, and, you know, Bacone and Wesley. And that's like six schools that, for one, for one team in our area, really. And heck, you can um, go out. You can even go out to JBU and you know up out yeah, in that part of the world too. Absolutely, yeah. John Brown's got a quality side, and so there's there's all these schools, and then if I mean, it only it only makes the product better. I think if you get you know the right owners and the right um, the right clubs developing that you know you can house and feed these guys, and you mm-hmm. start growing fans and in Northwest Arkansas and Southeast or Southwest Missouri. Like those are, 
those are good markets that people can you can get a little get start getting a little following and grow the game there yeah yeah i think that's i think it's a great thing yeah i mean just from a fan perspective any of these little towns that can support npsl get a couple thousand people out to the games that's i think that's 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 crucial and yeah and that's that's something i i I enjoyed hearing that answer because that was one of the concerns like oh we have all these teams but you're like hey we still got a bunch of kids that don't even have teams to play for that are good players so yeah absolutely so that's good we'll have we've got you know we only have i mean 11 people could be on the field for one team and sure and we've got you know i'd say about 10 or 15 guys right now that you know we'd love to have but we just you know there's there's just no room for them you know what i mean and that could like fill out a a whole starting lineup for another team right you know I'd, i'd love for like bartlesville to have its own team or you know, some, you know, an Oklahoma, another Oklahoma city team and a few mm-hmm. more in the surrounding areas. You know, I think it's, you know, the more teams you get in, the less travel that you have to do. You just go two hour trips there and back and, and you're good. And so I think that the NPSL, especially with its low barriers of entry in terms of, uh, you know, the, the money it costs to get in, mm-hmm. um, I think it's fantastic. And it's, it's, it's a great model. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of, uh, you'll be play, facing uh, your first opponent, so Energy FC, and then uh, another team you probably don't know much about either, uh, Ozark FC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's just uh, those first couple matches, it's just really trying to – you just got to almost play your style and kind of react to what's happening out there other than, you know, you can't really scout some of these teams, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we won't have uh, really an idea of – who's on that team till you know final rosters are announced and Mm -hmm. there's only so much prep work you can do and by by the you know this time next week all we can really do is put our but excuse me put our best 11 on there and and stick to the game plan and then adjust to whatever they throw out so you know we 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 we're very confident in the in the product that we put out so mm-hmm. you know we're not necessarily worried in the, in the in the you know wrong sense about any other team in the conference you know sure yeah uh i know obviously everyone you're you're the team that everyone will be kind of looking to you know unfortunately or good news or bad news maybe it's a good thing for you guys you know have that target on your back of hey we're the team and and everyone knows who you are in this league, and uh, and uh, you know they'll 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 give you your best game, right? Yeah, that's that's usually how it goes. The teams always try to play physical against us, and you know we we usually put a physical guy, you know, group of guys out there as well, and you know we we do kind of have this target on our back, but we still also play with you know, there's always this chip on our shoulder that we just mm. can't quite get over this elite eight hump. And we mm. just can't quite, you know, just get to break through onto, you know, the final four in the national championship game. We're just always seem to be falling short. And, and it's, I mean, it just pushes us to get better. Sure. Yeah. And well, it'll start in earnest on, well, you have this weekend, a couple of friendlies this weekend in Shreveport, but yep. the, the, it all, the ones that count, on Wednesday, uh, it's a it's a seven o'clock. It's seven o'clock, isn't it? On uh, at TU, at TU, uh, the game is May tenth at seven thirty. Seven thirty. Yeah, okay. gates will open at six thirty. Um, 
yeah, it's 10 bucks. You can get tickets online at TulsaAthletic.com. Uh, there's a tickets tab right there. And, uh, you know, just come on out, have a good time, and, and wear some green. Absolutely. All right, Matt. Well, I know we'll be in touch uh, here and, and and pretty soon, and uh, we'll, we'll obviously keeping up with you guys. And uh, I'll be out at the matches, and uh, we'll get to catch up there. And it, gosh, there's so many matches coming up in May. It's oh, <laughs> uh, soccer everywhere. This is great. I love it. Yeah, uh, I don't we've even still got some. Uh, we've still got some exhibition matches that we're going to announce, so those okay. will be fun. Um, and some players that are coming up that we haven't announced yet so yeah there's still a lot a lot to go on but um we'll just so we just gotta take care of business this weekend all right sounds great matt i'll let you get back to the laundry buddy so (laughs) (laughs) all right man we'll we'll take care and uh, best of luck in shreveport and and here in tulsa and and yeah the rest of the way man yeah we appreciate it and i'll uh, i'll see you out there on wednesday all right all right thanks so much matt and i am totally looking forward to this match on wednesday as energy u23 come to town i will be there so hopefully if you have a chance to say hi and uh, we can talk some soccer while if you, if you run into me out there very exciting stuff i'm uh love the open cup i don't think you guys if you've been listening to me long enough you know how much i love the open cup and low division soccer Oh man, I just I just wish there was more of it. I'll be honest. I, I wish there was more amateur level teams in this tournament, and uh, you know that hundred million dollar surplus I alluded to in the interview with Matt. I wish some of that would go to the Open Cup and really invest in in low division soccer. I think that's what's most important if we want. I mean, we can talk pro rail all the live long day, but uh, it's, none of this is going to go anywhere if if there's that invest if that investment's lacking in the low divisions more professional soccer, more teams, more players. And like Matt said, there's a bunch of guys who are really good that don't get to play because you're limited on on how many players can play with the college teams. You can only have five players for each college. There's a lot of kids that play college soccer. I mean, I know everybody kind of thinks Division One, but there's a ton of Division Two, Division Three, NAIA. All across the board, there's tons of teams that have players that are great that – could make it to that next level, just may not get that chance because there's just simply not enough teams. So he's all in favor of expansion, and I really appreciated that insight. But anyway, we'll we'll talk about, speaking of low division soccer, U.S. Open Cup this week starts in earnest on Wednesday. And I asked a question. I said, hey, folks, who, who are you? Who are your upsets, you know, your cup sets? Who, who, what teams that are playing in the first round that will still be around in the third round? That will be around. That will still be alive in the third round. Who are those teams? And and I got some great answers. And and I always love this discussion on 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 the soccer banter and on the Twitter, on the Twitter, on Twitter. You know, a few teams that uh, you know I uh, you know I really like. And and usually these teams are your, your traditional world beaters. You know, you have. You know, like I mentioned on other podcasts, Des Moines Menace, who made a good run last year and uh, ended up getting uh, beat out by the uh, by San Antonio FC, you know, and had some home matches. Sometimes I always look for those. Who are these teams that have that tradition, who make big runs previously? You know, sometimes you, you get a few one-offs every once in a while that'll, you know, upset a you know, USL team or a NASL team. But for the most part, it's always these 
these usual suspects, as I like to call them. You know, and, and some of these teams, and sometimes there's some debutantes or debut teams that show up, you know, you don't know much about them and they make a big run. You know, you have your Michigan Bucks who are always one of those teams that you're familiar with. But, you know, what about Grand Rapids? Uh, I had some folks, you know, ping me, you know, say, hey, you know, what about Grand Rapids? Uh, they will be hosting, most likely, uh, a team that did get cup set last year, which was Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Uh, I think they're a little bit better than they were last year, but going on the road is always a tough, tough task in this league. So I did have uh, someone say, hey, what about uh, Grand Rapids? I, I, I know nothing about Grand Rapids, nothing. I don't really cover much outside of uh, the Heartland Conference, but you know, those teams up in Michigan have always traditionally been pretty tough uh, in any SLPDL level. So, yeah, why not? Why not? Um, you know, you have a, a few teams that will have to make those road trips. Like I said, Pittsburgh may have to make that, that, that road trip. Um, you know, just kind of thumbing through here, just looking. You know, there's teams out in California that are really good that, you know, tend to make runs. I mean, people want to look at uh, L.A. Wolves with uh, Eric Ronaldo, who seems to have the Midas touch as far as Open Cup cup sets are concerned so you, you kind of look there uh they have they may have a pretty tough task with the uh, uh the zest of san uh, san diego zest there in the uh southern california area they won last night i believe um their pdl debut so anyway uh yeah uh, there's a uh, one of the my kind of games that i'm looking at and and, and taking a you know taking i guess inventory of is Reading United is a team that in the past has made some runs in the, and they will be hosting the New York Cosmos if they win their match. Uh, New York Cosmos, yeah, I don't think it's the old New York Cosmos we're used to in the past few years. We've had these great, great players and, um, you know, that made big runs in the tournament being NYCFC, Red Bull New York. But we'll see. They'll have a tough task. And then another team you know we've talked about here charlotte eagles chattanooga fc uh charlotte independence will have to go to one of those two teams one of the just two uh i know charlotte eagles have a couple players and i saw the top 50 list for pdl players that are being focused or that have potential to make it to the next level in, in the mls or professional league i know charlotte eagles had a couple of those players on their team so um you know i think chattanooga charlotte eagles that's to me, that personally, that's going to be an interesting match. But anyway, Charlotte Independence will have to make that trip. Uh, North Carolina FC making the trip to either Legacy 76 or Carolina Dynamo. Um, I think North Carolina FC is a pretty tough team there. So that would be a, you know, I think a pretty tough task for anyone making that trip. Even if it is, or I'm not making that trip, but for anyone playing North Carolina FC. Um, a few other matches here that have that kind of cup set feel to it uh we have uh, like i said afc cleveland and des moines menace of course des moines menace you know, i can't talk enough about them but if they win des moines menace wins which that's going to be a tough match playing cleveland as they won the um their, their league last year but if des moines uh, gets away with a win there fc cincinnati will have to go on the road and fc cincinnati is a team that struggled this year a little bit and a big high-profile team going into a snake pit 
in West Des Moines, uh, Iowa. Uh, yeah, we're familiar with how tough that is here in Tulsa. Uh, let's see, another couple of matches maybe. Uh, like I said, Pittsburgh Riverhounds either have to go to Chicago FC United or Grand Rapids FC, which is another team that another another has that feel to it, has that Cup City feel to it. St. Louis FC at FC Wichita, potentially, in the second round. Uh, I've had some folks chime in and say, hey, that that might that might be the call card, calling card for a cup set. Uh, St. Louis FC, unfortunately, uh, terrible floodings there in St. Louis and Fenton, Missouri. And goodness, I hope that that situation gets better for you know anyone dealing with natural disasters. And I'm I'm very familiar with that personally. So I hope hopefully if those folks dry out and get their lives going um, in, in, in a positive way there and uh, and I haven't heard much on what St. Louis will do as far as their stadium. If you haven't seen the pictures, it got completely flooded. Merrimack River uh, went over its banks. Historical, you know, flooding there in St. Louis or right on the outskirts of the town. So they would probably be uh, playing a lot of games away from home, a lot of unfamiliar territory, and then have this midweek game in potentially at Wichita. Uh could cause problems. Could cause problems. FC Wichita would have a game or two under their belt, and uh, like I said, I would not. That's not going to be an easy task for sure. Uh, another one, maybe you know, some people have chimed in. Uh, you know, we have the Ventura County p- potentially hosting Oklahoma City Energy midweek match in California. It's a long travel for Oklahoma City Energy. They, they fly pretty much everywhere as far as those kind of games are concerned, so maybe it wouldn't be such a big deal travel-wise, but still staying away from home, playing you know, in Ventura County, team that you know, has that calling card of a, of a, of a cup-set-type team. I believe they dropped their first match this week in, in their league, so maybe, maybe that would be something there to – Pay attention to uh, as far as teams here in the USL. Uh, Phoenix Rising going to either Fresno Fuego or La Maquina. We know La Maquina made a good run last year for getting uh, knocked out by LA Galaxy. So we know they're a good team there. Fresno Fuego, another team that has been in this uh, tournament a few times now. So that will be Again, one of those uh, a team, a pro team, taking the, going on the road and playing a tough opponent. And then Orange County SC, I'm pretty high on Orange County. I think they'll get it done against FC Golden State or Outbreak FC. Um, and then just thumbing through Reno, going on the road at OSA or Sounders FC U23. Somebody had chimed in and said, hey, that might be the upset right there. Uh, Reno turning around, going to Seattle, OCS, OSA, and Sounders two or Sounders U twenty three both play in Seattle, and then turn around and play the Sounders two at home the following wind or the following Saturday. It's a lot of travel, a lot of games played. Sounders two are pretty good. You can't overlook any of those opponents. And then we'll also, I believe, on Thursday we'll have the pairings for the second round. Obviously, we'll have pairings for second round, and then the third round opponents from there. So we'll, we'll know all that on Thursday and yeah, we'll have a lot more, uh, a lot more 
uh, dots to fill in for sure. So anyway, Open Cup starts Wednesday. I'm excited. You should be too. It'll be great. So I'll be at a game on Wednesday, Thursday, and on Saturday. And I'll have the, I'm sure, the Orange or the uh, uh, Tulsa Athletic and um, Ozark FC match if it's being streamed. I'll have it probably on my laptop. And, <laughs> oh, man, so much soccer coming up. Love it. Love it. All right. And right now, before we wrap up, I will give you guys a little bit of a heads up. We will have two episodes this week. One uh, on Monday, which you're probably listening to now. And then another one, I haven't decided either on Wednesday or Thursday morning, maybe Friday morning. Uh, and I'm trying to get on somebody from Ozark FC to preview the uh, Tulsa Athletic and Ozark FC match. And I will have Alicia Rodriguez with uh, Angels on Parade as she will be on to talk about Orange County SC. So I wanted to break this uh, huge week of soccer up into a couple of episodes um, so I may, if it's a third, if it's a Friday morning release, I may wait and, uh, for the uh, third round pairings of the open cup to discuss, but either way, I'll have another, uh, another podcast on Monday, the following Monday anyway. So either way we'll, we'll be covered there, but great week of great, so much soccer going on. And, uh, folks, you can find this podcast, Stitcher, Google play iTunes also on Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm. Go there, click around. Great podcasts. I'm on there, Tornado Alley, Soccer Podcast. Kind of your one-stop shop for all the podcasts covering the USL and other leagues. So anyway, I will go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Special thanks to Mike Mitchell, running production. Our guests, Mark Daly and Mike, or wow, Matt Bolt coming on the show this week. So folks, have a great week. I'll talk to you again a few days. Until then, be good to each other. God bless. Have a good one.